0: Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. Today we're going to be talking about the ultimate revelation of God. And, you know, I'm going to do justice as much as I can in the time that I have because this is such an important issue. This is an issue, and I know I say this about a lot of things, and and, I'm not trying to... To, to be contentious. But it, it, it's amazing how far off course the church as a whole... Now, not all churches. There's great churches out there. There's great churches preaching the truth with great pastors that are reaching the world, that are ministering to people. But by and large, the great n- n- number of churches today are so far off base in how they're portraying God. They're not portraying God Based on the names of God, and we've already talked about that. And you know, in the series, we'll go into, we'll go into some of the things about the feast and the, the festivals and the sacrifices. We'll just touch on that just a little bit because all of those reveal things about God. God has given specific ways that we can know about Him, that we can know about the work of Jesus, that we can know about the second coming of Jesus. God has mapped all this stuff out. And I'm telling you, the only reason we're in the dark and the only reason we're confused is because People who don't know this, and, and, and I understand it was taken away from us. You, you have to realize, I'm not trying to be ugly, but you have to realize that when the universal church started, which we call the Catholic church now, and this doesn't mean all Catholics are bad. It doesn't mean all that no Catholics in the faith. There's a lot of wonderful Catholic believers. But, it, but, but you have to understand it was the goal of the universal church to alienate um, the new covenant from the Old Testament. Uh, And the Old Testament is, in fact, where we understand everything about God, understand Jesus, recognize His coming. You know, there were prophecies that even said what year Jesus was was going to come to planet Earth and, and be crucified. I mean, you know, when you got the very year, now you understand why King Herod was looking for Him and had his seers looking for Him and was killing all those babies because he knew it was time for the Christ to arise, and he was not going to let that happen. But you have to, but you have to understand that from the birth of the universal church till today, we have not understood how to translate, understand, um, uh, or incorporate all the things that God showed us about Himself from the Old Testament. I don't even like using the word Old Testament. That creates see. We have an old covenant that's done away with, but the old testament is not done away with. The new covenant is based on everything that God tells us about Himself and tells us about the coming Messiah. It's all based on that. But see, most people were never trained in this. Most people don't know. Most of our concepts about God are philosophical. Many of our concepts of God come out of straight out of the occult or out of out of the new age or, or, or just out of humanistic philosophies. But God Wants you to see him as he is. He wants you to know what to expect in every situation. He, because he is your creator. If you don't know him, you can't understand how you function as a as a creation of God, and you also can't understand how you could function in this life and and what you have and who you are in relationship to him. Remember, he's our father. Therefore, we get our identity ultimately from. Him. And if we do not understand God, we will never understand our own identity. Now, we've already talked about the fact that every problem between God and man uh, is rooted in a perception problem. And we talked about Isaiah 52, 5 through 7, where the Lord explains that, that ultimately people hated God. They hated Him. They blasphemed Him because... Uh, they didn't see him as he was and that a day was going to come when people were going to see him as he is. That's when people were going to, you know, enter into a whole new realm of loving and trusting God. Now see, when we perceive God to be different than he is, we can't have a meaningful, honest, intimate relationship with him. It's sort of like kids who who have a perception of their parents. You know, uh, you get a kid when they're about 16, 17 years old, and, and, and suddenly they think that they're adults and, and they and they have this they still have a perception of you that they had as a as a 10-year-old. And so they're telling you to relate to them like an adult, but they're still relating to you with the mindset of a ten-year-old. And they and they don't understand why it's not working and they're not mature enough to see it. You can't have a relationship with anybody that you don't really know who they are. You can't get intimate with anybody. And that's why we talked about what happens in this betrothal phase where we get to know one another. The whole purpose of getting saved between here and ultimately meeting Jesus face to face is so that we have the opportunity to know God. Remember, this is life to know, to experience God, and to fall in love with Him. Not just come to realize He loves you, but to fall in love with Him. And so, you know, we've talked all about that. We've talked about all of these different ways that God has, has revealed Himself throughout history. But I want you to realize this, and we, we touched on this, Jesus is Emmanuel. God with us. You know, when Jesus quoted scriptures, where, where, or, or uh, excuse me, when Jesus would make statements like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And, and sometimes his own disciples would say, well, we haven't seen the Father, show us the Father. And they didn't understand that because the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. They, did, they, they didn't understand that not only was there that factor, but they, were, they also did not understand that Everything He did was a manifestation of exactly what God would do. It was a manifestation of God's purposes and intentions and 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 proper interpretation of everything that God had ever said. Jesus is the one and only perfect, ultimate revelation of God. Now, throughout the Scriptures, there's many ways that God has revealed Himself historically. And uh, there are ways that He has revealed His eternal plan. But there was never any way that He revealed Himself that brought the ultimate revelation. I mean, you stop and think about it. Jesus brought the revelation of God as Father. Now, you stop and think about that. If you know that He's El Shaddai, you think, yeah, He's Almighty, but you think, well, how is He going to use all that power? You know, you see that He's Jehovah the righteousness. And you think, well, yeah, he's righteous. So how does he view my righteousness? So, so even though you saw all of these things about God, here's the one thing that, that people did not see. And that was that he was also our daddy. And Jesus used that intimate term, not just father, but you know, when he says Abba, father, daddy, father. And so, you know, through the concept of father, he's still holding him in awe and respect and relating to Him uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a serious, dedicated way. But calling Him Daddy also brought out the fact that there was an intimate uh, connection between us and God. And so Jesus is the only person that's ever been on planet Earth that was God. He's the only person that's ever been on planet Earth that saw God face to face, he is the only person that has ever been here that has the right and the qualification to say, I can show you exactly what God looked like. I can show you how to understand God's true intentions about everything He said. I can show you how to put this stuff in practice in a way that works. And so our problem is we've got our science set too low. You know, I don't think people do this intentionally. Some people may do it out of ego, but, but unfortunately... There's not a sense... You know, I visit churches all over the world. There, people talk about Jesus, but you don't have this sense of being moved and inspired to look at Him and look at Him alone to understand who God is. And in His life, in His teaching, in His death, burial, and resurrection, He, and ultimately in His second coming, He will reveal and has revealed everything about God we need to know in this life at this point in time. Hebrews uh, 1.1 says it like this, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Now in the past, God spoke through the prophets. And of course, He showed us things through the feasts, through the sacrifices, uh, through the priesthood, through the tabernacles through His names and, and many other ways, but none of those actually brought a complete revelation of His true nature and of His true identity. And so, so God has spoken all, all of these ways in the past, but ultimately everything that He said is only completely understood in the Lord Jesus because He is God with us. He is one with the Father. The works that He did the works that the Father would do. Uh, the words that He spoke, they were not His words. They were the Father's words. He was the Word of God made flesh. You want to see what the Word of God should look like in application and, and, and in ministry and the way you treat people? Look at Jesus. Don't look at anybody else. Don't look at Paul. Don't look at Peter. Don't look at a, don't look at your favorite preacher. Don't look at the deacons or the elders. I mean, they, they're there to help you, but they can never really fully show you God. So God has spoken all these ways in the past, but verse 2 goes on to say, He has in these days spoken to us by or through the Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He has made all the worlds. Now, all of these ways that God has spoken in the past, all of these ways that He has revealed Himself, all of that comes together and today the one and only way that He speaks is exclusively through the Son. Everything the Holy Spirit ministers to us today is based on Jesus' teaching. Everything Jesus taught us was, was based on what God had said, the Word of God at that point. Everything the apostles ever said was, was based on Jesus' teaching, how to put it into application in a church setting. So. So Jesus comes and and the Bible says in the original, uh, in some translations and in the original language that he is the exact representation of God uh, as a matter of fact uh, 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 there it's like the word type and anti-type. you know when you when you strike a letter with a typewriter it leaves a mark on the page that looks exactly like the the type that is that is that is striking the the, the page. In other words, there is absolutely no difference between God and Jesus. And it says, it goes on to say that He's the brightness of of His glory, of God's glory. He's not the brightness of His glory. He's not here with another message. He's not here to get us to, to just look at Him. He is here to show us the Father. It says He's the express image or the exact representation of His person, of the Father's person. So you want to realize that, that we talk about Jesus. We, you know, His name is on our lips. His name is at the end of our prayers. His name is in the, in the titles of our, of our books and, and, and on, the, on the signs in front of our churches. But is our heart really connected with Him? Is He the one and only way that we see and understand God? Well, listen. We're going to talk some more about this. But let me remind you, be sure and take just a second right now and like us on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, all you got to do is just click on the on the little icon that's going to pop up below. Because when you like these messages, it increases how many people around the world hear all of these messages. And I want to tell you just a little bit about this series that that I've got coming up for you. You see, we have thought that we needed revelation about information. We have thought about revelation knowledge as you know just detailed knowledge about the Scripture. Well, that's not what revelation knowledge is. First of all, that word knowledge has to do with experiencing something. See, where we need revelation knowledge is is not so much for for us to get a, a doctrinal issue worked out, or not just so much just to get the right interpretation of Scripture. We need to. Ex- to see God as He is, and we need to experience Him as He is. You can't get off track with your doctrine if you're on track with God's identity. And so, so in this series, the ultimate revelation of God... I'm showing you and going into great, great detail, nearly 10 hours of instruction, of teaching, showing you ways that God said, this is how I've revealed myself. And you learning how to link to that and connect to that in your heart. And and then bringing you ultimately to the place where all of the pieces of the puzzle come together in Jesus. And this is where we develop a spiritual mindset. This is where we do what we talked about, I think, last week about clinging to the Lord, where basically we glue or bond ourselves to God in a way that we can see His hand. We can see His presence. We're ever mindful of Him. Our relationship with Him is the most important thing. And that relationship means that we are seeing Him and knowing Him and experiencing Him as He really is. This series, The Ultimate Revelation of God, this is what it's designed to do. It is not designed just to baptize you in more information. It is designed to help you see and know God as He is, but take that into an intimate living experience where He is your most influential, most consistent relationship that you have ever had or that you ever will. And listen, don't forget that if you order it now, you can get this for $59, $70 value. Honest truth is $1,000 value if you want to know the truth as far as the value of the content because this is going to shift your consciousness. It's going to shift how you see how you experience God. So be sure and place your order today. And remember, every time you order, 85 cents out of every dollar goes into helping us reach more of the world for Jesus. And you know what? That's what we're supposed to be doing. We are not just supposed to be winning converts. We're supposed to be making disciples. And because you're investing in yourself, you are following Jesus' commission to become a disciple. You are deeply, deeply investing in yourself. So listen, let's just jump back into our message. So John tells us, the Apostle John, it's really interesting, you know, because John is coming out with the love of God and walking in love, and and, and you know he is the apostle of love. And and what's interesting is many people feel like that John is the Apostle John is showing us something about God that didn't exist in the Old Testament, and John says uh, that. He uh, That Jesus, of course, was with God in the beginning. And that, of course, if you've seen Him, you've seen the Father. If you've heard Him, you've heard the Father's true intention. In every word that God's ever spoken, Jesus reveals God's true intention, what He will want it to happen. Every miracle, every deliverance, every healing, which, in fact, was an answer to prayer, He brought forth uh, was... Exactly what God the Father would do, and what God the Father is trying to do right now when we pray and when we and when we seek Him. And you know what's interesting is uh, whenever in First John, when John was talking to the church, he said, "Look, this is not a, this is not anything new. The commandments that I'm giving you, this is nothing new. This is the same commandment we've had from the beginning." You say, "Well, well, no, it's not." Yes, it was. We just didn't understand it because we took the word. Of, of carnal people, of people who might have meant well, but ultimately twisted God's word to make it uh, fit their occult mindset, to fit their to fit their a uh, slave mindset, like the children of Israel when they, when they came out of Egypt. They want to fit into the worlds. They want to have gods like the other worlds did. They went into paganism and they corrupted the word of God. And so we, have, it's amazing we still believe that the Old Testament is based on fear. It wasn't based on fear. If it was based on fear, Jesus would have taught about fear. He would have told us to be afraid of God. We read the Old Testament and we think it was based on works. If it had been based on works, then Jesus would have told us that we've got to keep doing works in order to, to earn righteousness. God has never given, made anybody righteous based on work. Even the law itself within the law tells you that the law won't make you righteous. But I'll tell you what God did do, if you, if you read it for what it says, you see, Abraham believed God. And God counted that unto him as righteous. Now, Abraham didn't actually become righteous. We actually become righteous. We actually get a righteous nature because we are in Jesus. We are transformed. And so you have to realize any of these things that we believe about God from an Old Testament point of view, anything we believe about God from an Old Testament point of view that's negative is based in Luciferian occult doctrine because the Luciferian occult doctrine says that the Creator God was mean, controlling, legalistic, and that His laws were designed to oppress you and to keep you in bondage. And the proof that He was mean and hard and legalistic and the proof that He's not a God of love is the chaos that is in the world that He does nothing about. Well, you know something? We tend to overlook the fact that He made us uh, to have authority in planet earth because we're created in His own likeness and His own image. Let me tell you something. Anything that Jesus doesn't reveal about God through His teachings, through His life, through His death, burial, and resurrection, if He doesn't reveal it, if it can't be seen there, it is not truth. He is the ultimate revelation of God. And until Jesus becomes the ultimate revelation of God in, in our in our believing, in our faith, in the way we relate to Him, then the real truth is, we'll never really understand what it means uh, to follow Him as Lord. Now, in the book of Hebrews, He goes on and talks about how that Jesus, you know, His name, you know, His name is above the angels. His name is above any name that's ever been named. And, and so basically that puts him in a position to, to see him, to see his supremacy. And stop and think about it. Jesus is the focal point of eternity. I mean, God, God planned that the only pathway man would ever have to God, the Father, would be through the Lord Jesus Christ. So even if man had never sinned, that we would have still had to come to God through Jesus because, because, uh, he is the focus of, of God's pleasure, and that's why we come to God through Him. He is the only means whereby, whereby we can come to God. He is, he is the Lord of glory. He is the Word made flesh, and we've already talked about that. So we have to realize then that there's nothing an angel can say or reveal. There, is, there, is, there isn't anything a human being, no matter how much anointing they claim or how much insight they claim, can say or reveal that in the slightest way is more important, is clearer, more definitive, or, or more significant revelation, or neither can anybody say anything, have any revelation that adds to the revelation of Jesus. You know, today, there's an incredible movement sweeping across the world that basically says we can't follow Jesus' teachings. Now, the statement... Is made under an incorrect assumption that Jesus was a teacher of the law. He was not a teacher of the law. He was a teacher of the kingdom of God. And he was the exact representation of God who spoke the words of God and did the works of God. To reject Jesus' teaching, even if it's for the apostles' teachings, is really to yield to the Antichrist spirit. Now listen, before you before you go crazy on me. See, the word anti-Christ doesn't mean no Christ. It doesn't mean the rejection of Christ. The word anti can mean to be against something. But I don't think most of the people that are saying this are against Jesus. I think they're just confused about the truth. The word anti can mean to be opposite to something, but the most common meaning is not quite that extreme. Because, like I say, those who teach the rejection of Jesus' teaching will obviously never consider themselves to be against Christ. But the more common uses, usage actually perfectly describes what's happening. It's an, it, it indicates the concept of instead of. So the Antichrist is the instead of Christ, or to be in place of, of something, or in this case, in place of Christ, or to denote something that is the equivalent of what Christ said. So when a person makes a statement like, I have the same Holy Spirit as Jesus did, therefore my revelation is just as significant as His. Or when a person says, my revelation is just as significant, uh, or or, or when they say that Jesus was a teacher of the law, so you can't follow His teachings, regardless of the motive, that's Antichrist. You can't know God except through the Lord Jesus Christ, His life, His teaching, His death, burial, and resurrection. So listen, don't go down that path. I'm not saying condemn those people. I'm not not saying turn against them. I'm saying the moment a person says they have a revelation that is equal to or surpasses what Jesus told us or that you can't follow Jesus' teaching, you, you need to stop listening because you're going to be headed down a path that the Bible clearly identifies as Antichrist. Listen, we'll be back in just a minute. I just want to mention something to you. You know, one of the most important things for the world right now is to discover who God really is. People discover who God really is, they will fall in love with God. They will believe the truth about God's love for them. They will enter into new realms of quality of life. But more than anything, when we know who God is, we can face anything that's coming in the future. You know, we are entered into the beginning of the sorrows. Whether we like that, don't like it, want to believe it, don't want to believe it, you know, many people don't realize that, that within just the last few months, over 90,000 Christians have been beheaded, burned alive, or otherwise murdered and tortured uh, by the Antichrist religion. This is, this is, and this is happening all over the world. Now, you can look at that and you can say, it scares me so bad I'm never going to look at it, I'm never going to think about it, and just run away and bury your head in the sand. Or you can say, wait a minute, I know that my God... I know who He is. I know He's the Lord my banner. I know He's the Lord my victory. I know He is El Shaddai. I know He is the Lord my shepherd that can lead me into safety. I know He is my provider who anticipates everything. And you can know who God is and trust Him, and you can be an overcomer. Well, you know something? We want everybody in the world to be overcomers. We want to teach them how to follow God with their whole heart. But I need your help doing that. I'll invite you to become a world changer with me. I want you to help me reach the world, change the way the world sees God. Not just get people to wave their hands at Jesus in a crusade, but for people to become disciples. We are starting Bible schools all over the world, taking this message of Jesus' first. Uh, you know, Jesus is the Lord of glory. Jesus is the revelation of God. And I'm telling you, when people get this, their life changes. So I want to invite you to become a world changer. We, we, we do what we call Operation One Billion. We're going to raise up a billion disciples, but I need your financial help to do it because this costs us millions of dollars. So go to my website, impactministries.com, and find out a little bit about being a world changer or call us today and, and hook up with us because I want to tell you something. We're, we're going to do this. God's making it possible. We're already doing it. We've already started hundreds of Bible schools around the world, and we are just getting our traction, if you want to know the truth. All right. Now, listen, all of this that I've taught you this month in this series, and all that's in the series that I've gotten for you is to bring you back to a place where you're not confused about God. You're not wondering what God will do. You're not wondering what he's going to do next. You're, not, you're, you're, you're never uncertain. You always have this feeling of assurance and peace and confidence because you absolutely are sure that you know God. And I'm not talking about know Him in the sense that you've met Him. You know Him through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is why when we come to Jesus, that we're supposed to confess Him as Lord. Not just say the words, but this is where our heart's supposed to be. He is my Lord. He will show me everything about God. He'll show me everything about me. He'll show me everything about life, and I can trust Him to live the quality of life that God wants me to have. But all of my understanding has to be rooted in who He is, what He taught, what He did, what He accomplished through His death, burial, and resurrection. Listen, I'm going to give you incredible, incredibly practical steps and processes you can take to influence your heart in a way that will change the way you read the Bible, change the way you pray, change the way you relate to people, change everything you see and do pretty much effortlessly just because you see the truth and it's coming alive inside of you. Listen, I've got to go, but I want you to do something for me. Just take just a couple of seconds at the end of this program to, if you're watching on YouTube, to subscribe. If not, go to YouTube and subscribe to my channel. Again, this helps people all over the world hear messages that we'll never reach otherwise.